she has a, a um, an infection in her intestine. So they want her to go to the hospital and today and be intravenously uh, receive antibiotics. So just keep her in prayer. She's been in a lot of pain and is running to the bathroom constantly. So, um, but she did tell me that last Sunday when she, when this started, and now this Sunday, both Sundays, her knee and her daughter and her brother, the one that was at the picnic, my nephew, they both want to come to church with her. Neither one drives, has a car or whatever, so they depend on her for a ride. So. All right, let's go back. Let's go back like three Sundays. Go back <laughs> to the beginning. Start at the beginning. When the Lord spoke to her and said, don't stop. Don't stop. Okay, she heard it. God spoke it, but the devil heard it. That's right. See, your adversary hears too when he don't he can't read your mind. That's one thing you have to remember. The adversary cannot read your mind. What he reads is when you open your big mouth and spit that toxic tongue, that's what he hears. Now, I mean that in a nice way. I don't mean that in an ugly way, but in a nice way. He hears you when you open your mouth. He grabs right a hold of that and starts his attack against you by what you speak. The Bible says that you've got to be so careful to discipline your tongue when you're saved. That's one thing you want to ask God. He said, you have not because you ask not. It's God's ability. We can't do it in ourselves. Stop, stop trying to fight this Christianity in yourself. You can't do it in yourself. If it could, Jesus would have never had to come. Right. We've got to understand that. You've got to get that in your psyche. He would have never had to come if we could do it in our own ability. It's not our ability, but His ability. That's why he told us to pray in the Spirit. And the enemy fights so many churches. There's so many, I could name them, but I don't want to do that. It's so many denominations that fight speaking in other tongues. That's your weapon. That's your weapon. That's why God said it. The book of Acts is the manifestation of what's your weapon. And so many people's not taught. They don't understand what it is. So they keep talking in their natural language and they get frustrated. People get frustrated because you're not fighting your warfare. When you fought warfare, they gave you weapons to fight with in the natural. It's the same in the spiritual. You've got weapons. God give you the Word of God is a weapon. Speaking in tongues is the weapon. Prayer is the weapon. That's your weapon. If you don't use them, you're going you're to get your brains knocked out. And that's what happened. That's why there's so much divorce, so much hatred, so much rape and murder and all that stuff because everybody's operating out of their head. You can't do that. That's what church is all about. And when you pray in the spirit, the devil don't know what you're saying. Right. Either he can't intercept what you're saying. Um, and so please keep that family in prayer. I know, and Holly knows it too. And uh, there was something when she was here, she was crying about that because she knows that God's going to use her as a key in this entire family. And trust me, this entire family needs God desperately. They do the dementia, drugs, alcohol, you name it. They, they 
jail for. So yeah, it's it's rough. They've had a rough life. Most of it's been of their own choosing. You know, we all make our choices, and those choices have consequences. So, uh, but keep them in prayer. Dan and Kim's away. He had told me last week they'd be out of town. We had an entire wedding to do all their hairs. I saw some of the pictures on Facebook. Cool, but some of them look really cool. And so, but they'll be back tonight. So, I came across this on Facebook. I don't know how many of you uh, subscribe to. Who was this dude? Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. They're, they're a Southern Gospel group. Anyways. They had this little this uh, little post on there, and I thought this is so true, so powerful, and uh, kind of goes along with what we were talking about this morning. It says when something bad happens, we all have that happen, amen. amen. Still do. Once you're gonna have it until <laughs> the Lord calls us out of here, and something's gonna happen that's not gonna be happy or what you like. When something bad happens, you have three choices. You can either let it define you, and a lot of people do that. They define themselves according to their past. Well, I've always been a drunk. I'm going to be a drunk. My whole family was drunks. Blah, 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 blah. And they let their past define them, or what happens to them defines them. They never leave it with God. They never surrender that thing to God. So you can either let it define you, the bad thing. You can let it totally destroy you, destroy your entire life. Or you can let it do what God wants it to do, and that is to strengthen you. Strengthen us in Him. Amen? Amen. And that will only happen if you handle it, whatever that bad thing is, the way God instructs us to handle things. When we do it his way, it will strengthen us, it won't weaken us in any way. So I really like that. I thought, I'm saving that. I have so many saved things on my phone, I just wonder it doesn't crash from the saved stuff. <laughs> I don't know how there's any room to save anything else, but I just find so many good things to save that are inspirational and that will strengthen you if, if you let it. <coughs> You know, um, I've been doing, I've been challenging myself lately uh, in the Word and uh, in building my faith. You know, the Bible says that, um, um, wait, let me use this example. How many ever heard of the power team? Did you ever hear of that guys years ago that used to go around different churches? I mean, they were huge muscular they break bricks with their forehead and with their hands anybody ever heard yeah. of the power yeah they called the craft family craft. I, I don't know i don't know that part i just remember power team guys well you know now i won't you cannot pick. <laughs> yeah, don't get yourself in trouble. I was going to pick on Pastor. I was going to say, look at Pastor's muscles and then look at the power team's muscles. Think about the power team's muscles. See, you said it anyhow. But yeah, I did because you're my honey. I can pick on you if I want. Um, because Seth works out. He may be thin, but he has muscles because he works out. So I can't really use him. Don't tell my wife not to say something because she'll say it. <laughs> 
but anyhow, um, but how did their muscles get that way? Pastors could be that way, ours could be that way if we chose to work out, work that out, build that, build those muscles, right? That's the difference between, they all have the same muscles, we all have the same muscles in our arms or whatever, right? Brett, I did this in a little bit in school, that we have all have muscles, but all of our muscles are different because some choose to build them, some choose not. I'm using that for an allegory toward uh, faith. Their symbolism, you your faith. Their symbolism was not the size of their arms or their legs. No. It was symbolism to their inner man. The power was the inner man. Mm -hmm. That's their demonstration. They showed outward so you could see what you're supposed to be inward. Right. Your, your strength is not your outer physique. Your strength is your inner man. That's what they were demonstrating. Right, but I want to use it for, a demo, for an uh, example of how you can build your faith. Some people build their faith. I mean, okay, you might look at someone like um, uh, Kenneth Copeland, T.D. Jakes, I don't know what ministers you ever listen to or who you listen to, and their faith may be here. They believe for millions, and it comes in. And you can't even believe for a tank of gas in the car. You can gas in your car, or to you get your car paid off. Why? Because they've built their faith to that level, just like the power team built their muscles to where they can break bricks and tear phone books and whatever it is they do. Well, the same way with us, so I made a choice in the, probably close to the last month, I made myself listen at least once, but I'm getting so into it, I've been listening now two and three times a day, I'll listen to uh, faith-building messages. I put my earphones in and I, on my computer, and I bring up my videos of different ministers, uh, Jerry Seville, Kenneth Hogan, whoever, or Terry uh, Seville Foy, different ones that uh, teach and preach on faith to build my faith, you know? Because I want my faith to be built for the, the uh, stronger things. You know, that my faith isn't here, it's up here too, to believe for those things that God wants us to have. But the Bible says, faith only comes by one way. By hearing. And hearing. And hearing the Word of God. So you got to get that Word into you. you got to keep listening to it over and over and over to begin to build your faith. So uh, that's a good challenge for all of you to follow at least once a day, make yourself listen. Push that play button and listen. Get some word into you. When? You say, well, I don't have time. I have this, I have that, I have to do this, I do that. I don't have time. You have time? How many drives a car in here? Mm -hmm. On the average, they say, uh, people, on the average, it takes 20 minutes to go to work and 20 minutes to come home. Right there, you've got 20 minutes. You can push play. Everybody has a CD or something in their car or your phone. Turn your phone on and listen to a faith-building message, some words that will encourage you in the Lord and increase, you know, enlarge your faith in Him. Amen? But if you don't never start it, you'll never do it. So I've been doing that, and I, and I just I enjoy it. Sometimes I'm in there for hours, and I go from one video to the next three to four videos because 
I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm learning things. I'm getting some things into my spirit that maybe I knew them a long time ago. Sure, we know these things, but if you don't do them, they're not profitable to you. That's the thing. Like Pastor said, if you don't start talking right, it's not going to profit you what you know in the Word of God. You got to speak the Word of God over your life over your body, over your finances, over your situations, your jobs, your relationships, whatever. You've got to be declaring. I know Joyce Maris always said this. She said, it's not enough to not say the wrong thing. You all know you're not supposed to be speaking negative, but we still all do it, I'm sure. Uh, I was listening to Terry this morning even before we came, and she gave an example of this uh, one rapper, I can't remember his name now. Also, John Lennon was another one she gave an example of that he prophesied his own death. They asked him, they said, uh, so where do you see your life going? He said, oh, he said, I'll probably get shot. Some nut will probably shoot me or, you know. And that's how he was killed. Somebody shot him. Same way with this one rap where they said, where do you see your life going in five years? He said, well, and I think she even said two weeks before or a week before he wrote another rap song. I can't think of his name, but uh, uh, a rapper guy does that rapping stuff. He uh, even wrote a song and he rapped the song that someone shot and murdered him by shooting him on the street. He was shot on the street out in California, whatever street out there. So you can prophesy your future by the words of your mouth. That's how, that's how powerful what you speak is. That's very how powerful your speech is. And we know this, we've heard this how many times now? You know, Esther and I have said this how many times? And we know it too. And still, sometimes we speak wrong things. But see, it takes a, a discipline, it takes a determination, a desire to change what's out here. Until you see it in here, you're not going to see it out here because you don't have the vision. You've got to get the vision of something changing in your life. And she was telling one story of a Happy Caldwell. Some of you may have heard of him, some may have not. There's nobody in here that old. <laughs> Except us, right? <laughs> but he was in, uh, in um, Hawaii on vacation. This was years and years ago. And he said he was just walking around and he happened to look up and he seen this big mansion up on the hill and he said to the Lord, I can't imagine living in a place like that. And he said, right away, the Lord spoke to him, and you never will. If you can't imagine it, you can't never have it. And then she uh, gave us a scripture, and we all should know this story. In Genesis, I think it's Genesis 26, where the ungodly, ungodly, ungodly people were building a tower to heaven. How many remember that story? The Tower of Babel. And God looked down and saw it, and he said, we have to confuse their speech. They're all speaking the same thing, 
And he said, and nothing, nothing will be withholding from them. They will build the tower to heaven. Because they were all saying, we're going to build this tower up to heaven. Now, when God says your speech is that powerful, it's time to listen. Don't you think? I think it's time to listen. And, and God said that nothing would be impossible to them. So he confounded their speech so nobody knew what couldn't understand each other and it, it would stop. But he said, and nothing that they have imagined, imagined. So you need to imagine yourself, don't say, you know, yesterday we were with our one friend and our friend has money. He makes 80 to 100,000 every, every week <laughs> in his business, yes. So he has money, he has the nice things, all that. And he was sharing something with us. And uh, look at how he said that. And right away it started to go through our mind. I can't imagine having money. And then I thought, oh, no, you don't, devil. Yes, I can't imagine it. We're just as favored of God as he is. Now, yes, he pursued his dreams. He stuck to it. He's very disciplined in his business very disciplined and all that and i believe god's putting him in that position because he is a giver he will give and uh he actually supports our ministry and he doesn't come here I mean, he faithfully supports it every month here so uh but yeah and right, but right away see how quick the enemy is and that that came into my mind and i just heard that message yesterday about your imagination in your imagination, don't be afraid to imagine yourself living in a mansion or imagine yourself flipping on your bank account and seeing $10,000 in savings, and that's a low amount, $10,000 in savings that you don't need. It's just in there for an emergency. And some of you might even think, I can't imagine that. I'll never have. Right there you go. Right there you go. That's how important it is. Amen? All right, I'm going to shut up. Let's take up the offering. Mr. Usher, man. God's good. He's a good, good God. You know, we need to trust more. I mean, we need to say, instead of saying, like, God, I trust you, uh, like with a question mark, I trust you. We need to say, I trust you, Lord. Like there stands a young man that sold a rock. <laughs> a rock he found in the woods, right? He found a rock the other last year. Oh, big, big flat rock. Down in the woods. Near your house. Near our house. You took my rock. <laughs> I want it. You want it. Okay. He found a rock down in the woods. Ended up selling it for what, 100 bucks? It's around 100 bucks. For what? He found it in the woods. God will bless you. You, can, you, you know, you just gotta, and don't be lazy. Some people, God, some of God's people are so lazy. I hate to say that, but they really are. They want everything handed to them on the platter, you know. No, get some action under your boats. Get moving yourself, pursue your dreams. Don't be afraid of work, you know. Hard work isn't going to hurt you. It's going to be good. Amen? Okay, so. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for health and joy and strength and the Holy Ghost, Lord. We thank you.
you, Father, for your people this morning. We ask that you pour your blessings out upon their lives. We thank you for your word, Lord, that never fails. A lot of times we fail to uh, uh, put it into action, and we fail to uh, consume it like we should be consuming it into our spirits. But, Father God, we know your word is truth. We do know that. And help us, Father God, to begin to do like the word says. Hear and do, hear and do, and hear and do, Lord God, that we can walk in your favor in a greater way than we ever have until you call us out of here, Lord. And we'll thank you for it. Bless our service today. Strengthen our pastor. Father God, we thank you for a pastor that has a heart after you, a heart that loves his people that you've given him to shepherd, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, that he is a true shepherd under you. And that he will tell us the truth, whether it uh, inherits the devil or not, or skins us, or gets on our toes. Father, help us to just um, uh, take the word and follow him as he follows Christ, Lord God. Strengthen him today. Give, that, uh, give him a special word for somebody in here today, Father, to encourage their hearts. Bless our gifts that we offer unto you today, Lord. Press them down, shake them together. Let them run back over into your people's lives, Lord. Those that are in here that are afraid to, to release their uh, resources unto you, help them, Father God, to overcome that fear, Father, knowing that you're not trying to take something from them. You're trying to get something to them. And that's the only way you can do it because your word is forever settled in heaven and earth, and you have declared if we give, we shall receive. So, Father, we just come against every bit of that fear that might enter someone's heart. They fear they can't give because you got to pay this, got to pay that, got to do this. But, Father God, we want to trust you, exclamation point, not question mark. And we'll thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. It was probably that same week um, my husband paid our credit card bills off before we went on vacation, plus put extra money in the bank for vacation. So that way when I came back to pay this month, like um, it would, you know, be very little to pay. So like we did it with two different accounts um, and the one account was in the negative um, when I got back, but then it was like a very, very small bill. And then the other ones just, it was less than what our rental was or around, you know, it was less than what our rental is, was for the car, you know, that was left to pay on the other one. So, and that, that's covered. So, I mean, it, it was worth giving that money. And, and it was funny because he used John and John didn't know it, so. <laughs> you got your return back. I got my return yes. back and it was quick. Mm -hmm. And that I just wanted good. to give that testimony. So mm -hmm. I didn't know if you told Pastor Tom that or not. No.
for the rest of the story. Yeah. Now, he was a born-again believer. He was in the Pentecostal Evangel. I have that. I kept that copy in my file somewhere. I have it. <clears throat> if I look for it, I can find it. But in there, he was, he was a born-again believer, and he'd tell things like that to people, get people's attention. He'd give them part of the story, and he said, now for the rest of the story. Like the ten lepers, and, and people would say, you know, go away some denominations, some preachers, because the Bible colleges that they attended, they learned more what not to say than what they should say. Really. Yeah. If you go to Bible college, you have to unlearn a lot of things before you can even preach. Because they teach you so much negativity, so much garbage that's not even out there. When you, I've spoken to different ministers who went out on the field to start a ministry, whether it was an evangelist or a pastor or a person that was going in the field to evangelize. And, and they said that when they got out there, the, the information that they received from the Bible school was not adequate to do what they had to do. They said they had no idea what they faced out there. Number one is they found out people hated them with an animosity. You go out there, you better be called because I'll tell you, you're going to be shocked. People think in the ministry is a good thing. You have more people talk bad about you than you do talk good. My wife and I have more people say bad things about us than we do good. Now I'm telling you the truth whether you believe it or not. That's up to you. Now, I'm not saying anybody here is those people. And we've had people try to destroy our ministry. They went out and said things that were not true. Because, like Paul Harvey would say, now for the rest of the story. Tell the rest of the story. If you're going to open your big mouth and say something, tell the whole story. But they don't do that. They go and they get a burr under their saddle. And they tell half a story. They don't tell the whole story. That's right. That's right. They don't tell what they said to pastor. They don't tell what they did to pastor. Right. They don't tell how they lied about the pastor. They only tell half the story. Mm -hmm. Now, hello. Yeah. Yeah. All of us in America ought to know better than that because you have your day in court. Right? You should not, an individual should not be judged, juror, and executioner. But that's what they are. And and then people's coming back now and then, it might be a couple years from now, five, ten years. And somebody come up and say, hey, did Pastor really? And my wife will say, what? Say what? Where'd you get that from? All kind of stuff that people go out. And then people have, they I'm saying all that to say this for the rest of the story. And now they have all kind of problems. They have all kind of issues. How many knows where I'm coming from? You understand? you got to understand both sides of the spectrum. If you say something, know what you're talking about when you open your mouth. Because whatever you say will come back to haunt you. 
The Bible says when you cast your bread on the water many days, it's going to come back. How many ever saw the commercial where it shows all them plastic bottles and stuff on the ocean piled up tons of it? It was thrown out there, and it may went months or even a year before it came back and anybody recognized. And you look at it and say, wow, I didn't know my ocean was that filthy. But then you recognize and you come to recollection of what really is taking place out there. Now, if, uh, if your gas tank is running low, and you keep passing gas station after gas station after gas station. Guess who's going to be using Shoe Soul Express? <laughs> we are. Now, whenever my wife and I went to conference, especially out in Indiana, <clears throat> which takes pretty close to 11, 12 hours to get out there, and I get in the habit, I said, you don't wait till you're running out of gas. When you're going out in those super highways with all that traffic, you don't go lower than a quarter to a half a tank. And when I my gas tank would get down there, I'd always pull in, we'd get a cup of coffee, we'd go to the restroom, and we'd fill back up on full. Because in the next few miles that you travel, maybe two, three hundred miles, you never knew if you was going to get in an accident and traffic is piled up for miles. And then everybody's sitting there and they said, I should have filled up. Well, should have not going to get it done. Yeah, should have, could have, would have. Now, for the rest of the story, you're parked along the curb somewhere calling three A's or whatever. Hello. Okay. God said to use wisdom and ask for wisdom. God's wisdom and our wisdom is two different things. When you ask God for wisdom, He'll tell you what you don't know. And people whine. you got to quit your whining. Christians are supposed to grow. How many's got a thumb in here? you got a thumb. Say, I'm not who I used to be. See this, you got to learn to start speaking positive. I'm not who I used to be. How many knows you're not who you used to be? You've been redeemed. Now, and I'm not who I want to be. Point your fourth finger. I'm not who I want to be. But I'm in a, I'm a progress in development. Huh? God's working on you. He's doing it. When you get up this morning, when your eyes popped open and you took a breath of fresh air, that's God's air you're breathing. That's right. And people cursing, they lie on him, they blame him for stuff he never done, they find fault with him and everything, and every morning they wake up, they breathe his fresh air. It's his air. Do you know if he'd stop it just like that, your lungs would collapse and you fall to the floor. Hello? Yes. The church is not taught that kind of stuff. They're not taught that. But yet we open our mouth constantly to suck in air. You open your mouth to exhale to inhale. You can't inhale unless you exhale. You get rid of the carbon monoxide. You get rid of the bad things and take in the new. 
and your lungs expand. And God does a good thing for you. I had an x-ray taken of my heart here some time ago. <clears throat> and my x-ray showed little nodules on my lungs. Now, I smoked when I was a young teenager. And I quit. I quit young. I didn't smoke too many years. But they found them nodules. And I prayed that those nodules turn into cancerous tumors. How many know that? They can turn into cancer too. They can. And my wife and I prayed about that. As a man thinks, take your hand and touch your head. Touch your psyche. Say, as a man thinks, so is he. And I said, I don't care in myself. I spoke in myself and I'm going to read scripture to you. And the lady done the same thing. You speak within yourself. I said that is not going to turn into cancer. Those nodules are not going to develop. And of course they gave me a six month reprieve that I had to go back and take another, which I did be just this past week. And those nodules never develop. I go through this just because I'm up here and I teach the Bible does not mean I'm not attacked just like you. I can be attacked in my mind, in my pocketbook, in my health, in my finances. How many knows if you don't make bank deposits, <laughs> you cannot make withdrawals. You can make them, but they're going to bounce. You're going to get them rubber checks. Okay. Them's common things. The Bible says nature will teach you. It's a no-brainer. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that stuff out. Every year we went to conference and we went out to Indiana, I knew when I seen my gauge pass quarter of a tank, and I knew it wasn't going to be too many miles. It was going to get closer to a half a tank. And I'd see uh, sheets or something that we deal with. And I said, now the next sheet, you holler if I don't see it. And we'll stop and we'll fill back up. <clears throat> we'll go to the restroom and empty our bladder and whatever. Because you never know. You prepare for the right. storm that's coming. Now, <clears throat> if you notice this, uh, yeah, this, uh, <clears throat> these, uh, <clears throat> people in the White House they're trying to push they're trying to push all this electric stuff and I'm not against it I have an electric weed whacker I have an electric saw and electric this and, and that it's good it's good for certain things but down south this past year they had a snowstorm and people was coming up the highway and the traffic was piled up for miles and those people that had thought these electric cars were so great was sitting there running their cars not knowing that they were stuck in traffic. You can't get to them chargers. You're going to sit there and that car is going to go dead. Stone graveyard dead. And you're stuck there in all that traffic in a snowstorm and now you're thinking, uh, 
that I want to buy a sixty thousand. They start like at sixty thousand dollars. They want to help us out. They're going to help us out. They always tell you they're going to help you out. It's, they started like sixty thousand dollars on up, and to buy one of those batteries that they go bad costs you thousand. And they're they're built on that lithium. <coughs> they're they're de manufactured out of that lithium, which they're going to do out of the country, so we don't get no proceeds from that either. And when they catch fire, <coughs> the fire company comes to put them out. They can't put them out. They just keep burning and burning and burning. That's what they They'll do. Re, re, they like re, refuel themselves and they put stuff. They put all kind of stuff on them to put them out, and they and they stop. And then when they stop, it they reignite. Now we need to think. We need to ask God. And I'm I'm saying all that to, to stir your thoughts a little bit. Now, <clears throat> if we don't take a shower at least once a month, guess who stinks? Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. I'm just trying to wake your thoughts a little bit of something that you face every day. Your hygiene. I know I know people that serve God and it's in the Bible. I don't know how, I don't know what people read. You know, when I got saved, I started reading this. And I found a lot of stuff in there I was shocked at. Do you know Pentecost, Pentecostal, which we are, I, I, I didn't inherit the clapping of hands. How many know that? How many, how many read that in your Bible? Do you read your Bible? Everybody's looking at me. You know, it's like the, it's, it's like the, uh, what you call it, the, the, the animal that's got his head at the gate, he's looking at the gate to get out. If you read your Bible, the simple things, the simple things, things that are not hard, God said if you can't do the simple things, how do you expect to do the hard thing? Okay, people can't go to church, people can't pray, people can't read their Bible. People can't pay their tithes. Yet they, I don't know how many people told me they want to stand up here behind this sacred desk and do what I do. And I said, I'll take my shoes off and I'll hand you my Bible. You can walk in my shoes. That's if your big feet would fit my big feet. And you can read my Bible and, and see what you would do in one month. I'll give you one month. I'll give you one month. <clears throat> the hardest thing is, <clears throat> the most difficult thing now, unless you're called. <clears throat> when you're called, God gives you the ability to do it. The worst thing is, you see, God give when God calls you what you're called to do, you know that. I didn't call myself. I had I had one person in there audacity got in my face one time years ago and said, Are you a self-called preacher? I said, you wouldn't do what I do if I was self-called. I got news for you. You'd walk away and never come back. I, see, I hold the key to that door. I could lock that door and never unlock it again. You'd never have a church. How many realize that? Mm -hmm. See, that, that's the trust that God put in me 
to know I don't unlock that door when it's good. I'll unlock the door when it's good. I'll unlock the door when it's bad. Thank you, sunshine. But I don't know where the Holy Ghost is taking me today. He's speaking to people today. He wants to speak to you about the simple. But if you can't handle the simple things, you can't handle the heart. <clears throat> I don't want to get ahead of myself. He said the simple things, the easy things. If you can't get up and brush your teeth every day. I, I know Christians. <laughs> unbelievable. Can't brush their teeth. They can't take a bath. They can't change their clothes. Simple thing. If my wife can't do it, she's busy. I do it. I help her out. Why? Because we're one. See, I recognize that. I, I read my Bible. When I go to the beginning of the Bible, it says a man leaves his father and his mother. And what's he do? He gets married. He cleaves to his wife. He becomes one. You think like her, you talk like her, you act like her, you consider her. You don't treat her like an animal. She's not a cook and bottle washer. Okay? You treat a person as you want to be treated. And I need to have a, ho a whole lot more husbands here. I have too many women. <laughs> but husbands need to love their wives. The Bible says so as they love their self. Now I'm going to get in the hardcore part. You shouldn't be punching on her like a punching bag or pulling her hair or anything else because the Bible says don't treat her like you don't want to be treated. I don't know no man that goes around pulling his hair and punching himself. Then you should not do it to her. That's a no-brainer. That's what God's saying. If you don't want to do it to yourself, don't do it to your wife. Hello. And I know there's some that do that. There's some that go through. But the simple things, the simple things, and, and you love them every day. As I pray, you've got to pray. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. Now that word power means ability. That if you, if you study it and break it down, see you've got to study to understand what those words mean. It means ability. If the ability's not in yourself, that's why you get frustrated when you face battles. Now this, this fine young man sitting here with his hat on, this nice looking guy right here. It's my brother. He was in he was in warfare. Now we don't have anybody. We used Jerry used to be, but Jerry went on to be at the Lord. He knows what you don't walk out there in the battle lines with your arms crossed. You have grenades, you have a helmet, you have shield plate, you have bullets, whatever. Okay, correct? I'm just keeping it simple. You'd be stupid. He'd be stupid to do that. Okay, that's the same way when you become a Christian. You become a Christian, you put yourself out there in the forefront, and the enemy's going to attack you from the moment you're born again. 
He don't wait a month. He don't wait a year. The moment you're born again, you will get attacked. I was so excited when I got born again. I couldn't believe the feeling. How much I realized, I recognized how much God loved me. But when I get out in the world, the next couple days, my boss, he cussed me out. I went to work on Monday. I thought, whoa. What? I thought when I got saved, everybody got saved. Hello? Because you're dull of understanding what the Scripture is saying. And you stand out in the forefront. Can anybody give me an amen? amen. You understand? People's not going to like you. Now, get this right. Get this in your book. Make this a big topic. You do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It is not your spouse. It is not your children. It is not your boss. I gotta say that 17 times. My spiritual papa used to tell me, he said, you gotta tell people, I don't know where he got the number from. He said, you gotta tell them 17 times when we went out to conference. He said, because people just don't get it. It goes over their head. So you leave church and you feel good and God did something good for you. Now God sent, people sense God in different ways. Some people said, did you feel that? And the person of silence said, no, I didn't feel anything. Because God didn't visit them that way. I felt the doodads already. I felt my hairs and my arms and the back of my neck stand up. Not all the time. But then all of a sudden a, a, a thought a good thought now will come in your mind. That's how God visited you today. Or you got a nudge in your spirit. Something nudged you in your spirit. Something you weren't even thinking about. Something good. God was telling you. That's how God visited you. You're sitting there and all of a sudden you say, maybe one of my children, my grandchildren come to me and say, Pat Paul, did you hear that? I heard God say something to me. No, I didn't hear it. You heard it, but I didn't hear it. So there's four or five ways that God can come. While you're sitting, you have to have a receptive heart. Your heart has to receive. Your heart. Pat your heart. Pat your heart. That's your inward man. I say this dozens of times so people get it. That's the real you. Not this thing up here on the left side of your chest. That's to pump your blood. That's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about your inward core. The seed of passion. What you feel, what you know. You know my wife was talking about it, that friend of ours happened to stop at our house because uh, he heard something. He wanted to stop to visit us to say hi. And he, he gave us a check every month for the last year or two. He's been writing a check for the minister. He don't come here. He attends another church clean up on the other side of Lancaster. But we've known him for probably 40 years. And me, I have a dream. I said, God, I only need one person for the Holy Spirit to speak to 
And this guy's wealthy. This guy could write me a check and pay my building off. But I will not tell him that. He has to, I have to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to deal with his heart. That's how it works. That's what the Holy Spirit, the op people try to get people saved. I had a person get mad at me because I didn't get somebody in their family saved. I said, that's not my job. I said, the Bible says the Spirit has to draw them or no man can come to God. Am I telling you the truth this morning? Okay. So they got mad at me and left the church because they thought I should get them saved. <laughs> People get mad at the dumbest thing. Now, in my drawer, in my desk drawer, Seth went in my desk drawer inside the door on this side. I think it's the bottom of that big pacifier. It's blue. <clears throat> and when you teach that, people laugh at you, but that's how people act. Months later, years later, they're still acting like children. And Paul said, you need to grow up. You need to grow up. You need to stop whining and complaining because as long as the enemy can get you to focus on the same thing, he's not going to quit. He won't quit till Jesus comes. So many people say, when's the devil going to stop tormenting? Never. How many ever seen one of these? How many have children? Did you ever raise children? Did you ever see one of these? I preached one time when I had scripture. Of course, I had one of those big fold diapers. I put one of them on. I left my clothes on, of course. And I sucked that nutty, and when I came out of the office, everybody started cracking up laughing. But it does look funny. But now, not to insult your intelligence, please. That's not my point. The point is you have to understand, as long as the devil can keep you there, Keep you whining. You need to start talking positive. You say, Pastor, this is what I've been through this week. That's okay. I understand that because I've been through stuff too. But, but, where's your but? Where's your conjunction? How many went to school in here? Am I right? Isn't there a conjunction but? Okay. This, you heard this, but. The rest of the story. But I believe God's going to take care of it. I believe God's going to heal my wounded heart. I believe God's going to put a smile on my face. I believe God's going to start doing good things. Are you listening, church? Yes. Are you listening? You're the church. The building's not the church. You're the church. People say, I'm going to church. I say, no, you are the church. You're the church coming to church. Hello. See, that's good preaching. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I'll say it a couple times. People in. Matthew chapter 9. We'll start at verse 20. Now Jesus was ministering to the people. He had a big crowd of people that he was ministering to. Now you had to go back. This is a Hebrew Bible. This is not an American Bible. This was written in Hebrew by the Hebrew people. That's why you have to study to understand it. 
you need to go to Hearts and Minds over here in Dallas Town and get one of those uh, interpretation of the Hebrew and Greek. Vines, uh, it's called Vines Expository. It's got a green and yellow cover. And when you read the scripture, have it laying out aside your Bible or your Facebook, whatever, and it'll tell you what those meanings of those words mean. Just don't take it for granted because it's translated in English, that's what it means. Because you take there's a scripture that says you have power over all the power of the enemy. That's, that's improperly translated. That's in our language, but in the Hebrew that's not what it means. In the Hebrew the first word power means authority. That's a whole lot different. My mom, when she yeah, used to right. call me to do something and I didn't listen to her, went in one ear and out the other, <clears throat> she'd call me by my full name. She didn't just say Tom or Tommy. She'd call me either one, Tom or Tommy. She'd say, Thomas Burke! I mean, she put some authority to it. Well, when she did that, you stopped dead in your tracks. Because she'd get a hold of those little hairs in the back of your neck and raise you up about six inches. Hello? Mm -hmm. Or she had to switch or you had to go cut a switch. <laughs> the kids today don't know what that is. We had to cut our own. Yeah. So while he was ministering, this woman who had an issue of blood. Now, most of you women understand the menstrual cycle is what it was. She had a menstrual cycle that didn't stop. Twelve years. Can you imagine month after month, year after year, for 12 years, the stench, the pain, the cramps? It was ongoing, but that's what the enemy does. Now, God didn't do that. The enemy done that. The enemy distorted because the Bible says, your Bible says, if you read it, these bodies are beautifully and fearfully made. Then how come her body was like that? Because that's the attack of the enemy. And she had to recognize, and she did. She recognized. Now listen to what it said. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. That's the thing you're wearing. See, everybody look at that, what she's wearing. That's the hem, those little robes at the end he wore. She got a hold of those because you have to understand in the, in the Jewish and Hebrew what that talit, that's called a talit, it's a prayer shawl. What it means, the definition. And she knew to touch that, but yet the religious people said if she touches him, that's unclean. Because a defiled person with a disease is not allowed to touch a rabbi. And he was a rabbi, he was a minister, okay, it was tradition. The tradition is we don't believe that garbage. But it's religion. But she said, listen to this. Verse 21, for she said within herself. In other words, she's talking to her spirit person. You understand? You understand what she's saying? Within herself. In here. Her born again experience in here. She had to know Jesus or she'd have never done this. She had to be a believer or she'd have never done that. She said to her born-again experience, if I can just touch the hell, that's all i got to do. Now, James says faith without works 
You've got to do something. Whatever it is, you've got to ask God to give you wisdom. What can I do to change my situation? You've got to do something. That's what I use these people that have these big dogs and great things that look like a horse, a baby horse, and they always send them next door to your yard to do their business. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, you don't go over there with a shovel and throw it back in his yard, cuss him out, chew him out, yell at him, all that stuff. No, you've got to, the Bible says to reap coals on his head. You pray and ask the Lord, what can I do to win his favor? What can I do to win his friendship? Now, you don't break him a chocolate cake without peanut butter one time. Hello? you got to do it again and again and again. What did he tell Peter? He said, if some my brother offends me, he said, he's telling the Lord now. He's talking to God. The Lord is God, okay? He's God in the flesh. He's talking to the Lord now. He said, How many times am I going to forgive him? Seven times seven? He said, no. No. See, because he drawed that out of his mind. He thought if I could do it seven times. No. Now he tells him, he gets where the rubber meets the road. He said 70 times 7. Now that's 490 times in a mathematical equation. But that's not what the Lord was telling him because the Lord gave him the explanation. He said 70 times 7 for the same offense. That means if he brings the dog over in your yard, you forgive him again. If he brings the dog over again, you forgive him again. If he brings the dog over again, you forgive him again. You got it? How many got the picture? Again and again and again and again and again. By the time you do that, it starts speaking to you. If nothing else speaks to you, my God, your action on this bed. The Lord gets me to keep doing this. And finally, finally, after 70 times 7, the neighbor comes to you and he says, I need to apologize to you. I've lived over here for 25 years and I sent my dog over here not thinking that's what they do. As long as he don't poop in my yard, I'll let him poop in your yard. Okay, I'm being gentle here now. But God wants you as the believer, you as the believer are supposed to draw peace. You're supposed to be the disciplined one. You're supposed to get rid of the pacifier. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. Stop your moaning. How long you been moaning? How long you been sucking this thing? Six months? Three years? Ten years? When I started Jubilee... I didn't have a big organization over top of me. I didn't have the covering sister. I didn't have none of that. I had to start from scratch. I had to start down at the floor level. And I took the basement of my house because God spoke to my heart. And I made the basement of my house, which I was going to fix up for a family room for my children and grandchildren so we could go down there at Christmas and Thanksgiving but it never transpired. God said, I want a church. I don't want a family room. I want a church. I don't want a family room. I want a church. Sometimes God has to speak to us. 
because we're hard-headed. I don't want a family room, I want a church. And when I get a little money put back, God said, I, I want a fireplace and I want it nice and cozy. And God said, no, no. See, we have to understand, we, a lot of times we get hair lift because God tells us no. God tells you no sometimes, but it's for a good reason. He don't always tell you yes. How many know that? He don't always tell you yes. It's for a good reason, not to hurt your little pity party feelings. He tells you no for a reason. And you may not find out for months or years down the road. But he said, I want you to start a church. So one day my daughter and my son-in-law came over, and he's a heater plumber. He does all kind of stuff. He does everything. And I got to talk to him, I'd like to start a church in my basement. And it was just the plain walls. There was no wallboard. There was no lights, no electric, no nothing. And I asked him, I said, would you come over and help me to measure and see what I need? And I'll buy the materials. And we got a load of stuff. I said, tell me exactly what I need. And Lowe's came to my house one day. He had a big skid load of lights and paneling and wiring and all that. So I didn't have no money. I didn't have no money. Faith without works. So I went to Lowe's and I took this charge card that had no limit. <laughs> and I went in there and bought me all this stuff. He put me two bathrooms back in the back end. He put me a water cooler in there. People could have fresh water. We had a sound system in there. We could play music. We fixed it all up and it looked nice like a church. And some people was amazed. They said, you've got to come to this guy's house. His house looks like a church. It don't look like a house. So we had people from the conference come, and he dedicated, uh, my wife and I, and dedicated the, the work. And, <coughs> and he was amazed. He said, I, I, I never seen a, a house like this turned into, he said, this is beautiful. <coughs> so then he asked me a question. He said, are you a house church preacher? I knew what he was asking. I said, no, sir. I said, my heart is outside this building. I said, as it develops, it's outside this building. Now, and I was reading this testimony of a man. Some of you might know him, Oral Roberts. Did anybody ever hear of Oral Roberts? Okay, when he built that place called Faith City, he had no money. No money. None of it. So God told him, he spoke to his heart, he said, what can I do? He wanted to start building these buildings. And he had all these buildings. <clears throat> and he did with each one. He said, I want you to take a shovel, go out where you want me to put the building, and dig a hole. So he went out there and he stuck his shovel in the ground, and he dug a hole, and he said, this is building number one. The money came in, and he built the building. He did the same thing with every building he put out. He had no money. He did it by faith, because faith without works, you have to do, add your works to it. Hello. Yes. Now, when we looked for this building, we went all over Red Line, north, south, east, west. We looked at all the buildings we could look at. Some was already sold. Some was already under contract. Some was being torn down. <clears throat> now, I felt a little discouraged. Everybody would when you go through that, because... I put my house up for sale. Now I needed a house and I needed a church boat because my church was in the basement. So I was hanging on a limb.
And I felt like the limb was going to break. But God won't let you down. See what she said? She said within herself, if I can touch. See, she had to exercise her faith. Although the religious leaders wanted to beat her to death. They wanted to keep her back. They wanted to keep her sick. They'll tell you today, you glorify God by your sickness. Excuse me. I don't know about you, but if I have a headache, I don't feel like glorifying God. Hello? Your big toe aches. You don't feel like glorifying God. When God heals me, then I glorify God. <laughs> it's when you get your healing. Of course, before that, faith is exercised. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, now listen, he says he calls her woman first. Now he calls her daughter. Hello. He identifies she's the redeemed. See? See the terminology? The first in 20, he says a woman. Now he says daughter. He's calling her daughter because she's now born again. She's now changed and he makes her whole. He heals her from that moment on. She spent all she had not just really worse. All the physicians, physicians back then were cruel. They put all kind of, they put her through all kind of things that was sorrowful and hurtful to her. But when we did my church by faith and we put the got the thing all done and I got excited when I saw it starting to come together, I couldn't wait to get up there and preach my first message. So you said, who come? My wife said to me, who's going to come? <coughs> I said, me and you. <laughs> All them empty seats. See, people look at empty seats. you got to have a vision. you got to have a vision. I did all that by faith. God's not going to let me loose without filling people. Okay, that does not mean you don't go through things. So me and my wife and my daughter and her little daughter or my granddaughter was all that came and we began to pray she said what are you going to do I said you're going to teach and I'm going to preach I said you're preaching the seats by faith and it started to fill up people come to us and people said we heard you have church in your house how'd you hear, how'd you hear that we never called nobody we didn't call a single soul they heard they said they heard see it's in the air see the spirit people don't believe nothing today it was in the air and they heard, and it started to fill up, and until we sold our house, we had a hundred people in there. It was filled from the front to the back. Because we did what God asked us to do. Now, the enemy makes his attack. People start getting mad. People start, start stop coming. People get upset. Now, that's our job. As children, I want to read some things to you that the Spirit spoke to me in my study the other day. Spiritual maturity of the heart. You can get born again. That's in a moment. How many knows it only takes an answer? If you were truly born again, how many got truly born again? You know you truly got born again. You truly ask God in your heart. See, some people play church. That's why I say that. Truly born again. Instantly, 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 there's a heart change. Mm -hmm. 
But the maturity, the Christian character, takes day after day after day after day after day after week after week after month. You grow and you mature. You start reading the Word. You start praying. You go to church and you grow. And the enemy's job is to get you to stop. Spiritual maturity brings out possibilities or potential of the inward man. Now, if you have pencil and paper, you can write those things down. It brings out the possibility or the potential of the inward man. The natural pot parable is from infancy, the childhood, to adolescence, and to adulthood. Each stage has its purpose to teach us God's plan for spiritual maturity of the inward man. That's where he says nature teaches you. And most of you should know that if you raise children. From infancy to adolescence to adulthood. It's the same way he said nature. So if you understand that, you should understand you grow the same way as a born-again believer. You should not be the same. You don't come in and go out and 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 nothing ever changes. You're still angry. You don't forgive nobody. You still cuss and swear. You lie. Nothing changes. You should change. There should be a change. Everybody changes at different levels. I'm not a judge. God didn't make me a judge. But God did tell me to be a fruit inspector. <laughs> you can inspect people's fruits. They're mean, they're nasty, they're sarcastic. Ten years later, they're still mean, nasty, and sarcastic. I'm a fruit inspector. I know something's not changing. They're either not reading the Word, they're not praying, or they're not doing what God asked them to do. If God asked you to forgive somebody, swallow your grawl and go ask them to forgive you. Oh, well, <clears throat> what if they don't forgive me? He didn't say that. He didn't say they'll forgive you. That's not in the Word. He said, you forgive them. Right. It's for your benefit that you grow, that you develop. You ask them for forgiveness. Now pray about it. you got to pray about it. There's a timing for all things. You don't, don't go and jump in somebody's face. I laugh almost every year. We go through the square up here. We went through the square the other, about a week or so ago. And there was three people standing on up there screaming and yelling at people. They had their sign screaming and yelling about people going to hell. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Be honest with me now. I want to see your hands raised. How many in here would have found God if people got in your face screaming at you and tell you you're going to hell? How many of you? Hey, not one person. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I'd have, I'd have probably punched them in the face, kicked them in the leg or something. Now, I'm being honest. That's the human nature. I'm not saying that. But as you grow, as you grow, you tell them the love of God. Jesus come to show the love of God. He said, I didn't come to condemn. Right? He didn't come to judge you. He come to forgive you. Now, your actions, your lifestyle will judge you. You don't need nobody to judge you. If you're nasty and mean, it'll judge you. You'll be under condemnation. 
People need to understand the difference. Conviction is the Holy Spirit talking to you to get rid of something. If he talks to you, you need to listen. I used to drink. I used to smoke. I used to cuss. I used to lie. I lied to my parents. I did that stuff. Now, I didn't win no flowers by that. Hello? I went to bed at night feeling guilty, feeling bad of myself. You come to church and the preacher preaches, you feel guilty. You're not guilty because the preacher preaching. You're guilty because you're not listening. So what do you do? The conviction of the Spirit will get rid of that. You ask Him to help you. If you don't ask Him to help you, He said you have not because you asked not. Ask God to help you with your issue. Little by little. He'll, he will begin to change you, begin to help you. Spiritual anemia is the opposite of spiritual maturity. Spiritual anemia is spiritless, lethargic, and lacking enthusiasm. I have to laugh. I laugh because if people really, if you really realize... <coughs> That you're not going to spend... How many... How many... How many get it? You're not going to hell in torment. You're not going to spend life in hell in torment. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that? Mm -hmm. Jesus' grace gave you what you didn't deserve. And mercy keeps you from what you do deserve. Mm -hmm. How many done dumb stuff? Anybody ever do dumb stuff? And nothing really happened that should have happened. No. Okay, that's God's mercy. His mercy kept you from knocking your head off. It kept you from... <clears throat> I knew a guy that I worked with. He lost his one eye when he was a kid. He got in his dad's bullets and he took a bullet and he stuck a bullet in the vice, in the workbench, stuck the bullet and took a ball-peen hammer and hit that bullet and the bullet went off. It fired it the same as a gun would fire. And it hit the floor and it ricocheted and came back and went right in his eye. Just as a young kid. Now here he is in his 70s or 80s and he's been blinded in that eye because of his stupidity. Hello. I know another guy that lost his eye that I work with. He was using a chain hoist. That's one of those things you pull a motor out of a car with. And he was pulling something too heavy for the chain, the chain load. That's why it tells you capacity 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds. Don't go over that because you could danger, you danger the operator. And the chain snapped, and when the chain snapped, there was a recoil, and the chain come back and hit him in the eye, and he lost his eye. But see, these are some of the things God tries to tell us. That's why when you pray, when you pray about something, I don't care if it's a car, a house, a promotion, whatever you pray about, always put it in God's hand. Because God knows the beginning from the end. Okay? And you go through a lot of unnecessary torment because you don't listen. And you pray. And God will show you when, where, how, and who. Let him speak to you. Pray and let him speak. 
And my wife and I, that's what we do. We'd sit and talk. We'd pray together about stuff, about what doing. And, and she'll tell me sometimes, she'll say, Honey, I don't feel like we should do this or do that or buy this. So I say, Okay, that sounds good. Let's pray about it. And let's pray that God stops it. Pray that, see, God will close doors to keep you out of trouble. And then you get mad at him because he closed the door. He closes the door to keep you out of trouble. And he'll also open doors to bless you. Now I was I was fascinated because it didn't because we've been in the ministry 25 years and we've heard different people pray. My granddaughter, I'm thinking of her, when she prayed for a raise, and when she went to talk to her, her supervisor, she said they told her, we're not, we want to take you in the office and talk to you because we're not only going to give you a raise, they gave her a promotion. <clears throat> now, they come to church regular. I hope they come because they love the Lord. I hope they don't come because mommy makes them come. That's that's important part. When you're growing and developing, you come because you want to. We don't, we don't call people. We don't nag people. We don't force people because the Holy Spirit has to talk to your spirit. You have to know. We don't call people. Now, I won my wife's nephew, Todd, to the Lord over here. Remember you were over here? Yes. And I had prayer with you, and I led him to the Lord. He was crying and gave his heart to the Lord. And I don't think he started coming to church for, what, two years maybe? Close to, yeah. Roughly. Mm -hmm. Two, two and a half years he didn't come back. Now, he had to know. So we prayed. God talk to his heart. God speak to him. Let him know that now that he's saved, he needs to serve you because he can't grow. Hello? Mm -hmm. If you don't eat, you're going to be anemic. Right? Naturally speaking. You have to eat. Every day you have to eat something or you become anemic. Well, it's the same way with your spirit, man. If you don't pray, if you don't read the word, you become anemic. And the old man comes back. The old man will rear up his head. You get nasty. You get mean. You get unforgivable. You don't smile. You don't love people. Whatever. That old nature comes back. The Bible says that. It'll come back. I know our son used to pick on our daughter all the time. They used to pick and fight and bite and scratch and pull hair and Quite saying, don't say that, Dad. Everybody will look at me. <coughs> the establishment of your Christian character is based on your participation. Now, this is what I tell people clap your hands. to you. I didn't say that. Pentecostal didn't say it. Baptist didn't say it or anybody else. The Bible said it. The Bible says it. And I'm not going to tell you where it's at. You study your own Bible and start finding out where that stuff. It says clap your hands all you people in the congregation of the saints. Okay, it's telling you where in church. You clap your hands. There's some people told you can't do that you're supposed to be respectful. No, God don't want you to be respectful. 
He wants you to be obedient. Now, he also says the foolish thing. Now, some people, be honest, if you don't understand, how foolish does that seem to you to clap your hand? Be honest. The first time I did it, I thought it was foolish. I thought it was a bunch of crazy Christians just telling me, the preacher was telling me to make noise. But I found out there was a deliverance in my spirit when I did it. That the devil will put a, a weight on you. Acts 10.38 said Jesus was anointed to remove the oppression. How many knows when the enemy oppresses you? Maybe your mind, you worry about a lot of stuff. Or finances or whatever. And that oppression weighs on you. You can feel it weighing on you. Jesus come to lift it off. He lifts, he literally lifts it off. Where the Bible says the foolish things confound the wise. See, people that are knowledgeable, they're the hardest people to win to the Lord. Because they think they know everything. You can't talk to them. I talk to knowledgeable people so full of pride. Well, I bought me a new Ford F-150 and I got a trailer I pulled behind it. And I got, me and my wife both got a 401k paid to the hill. Man, they just go off the limb and they keep telling you all the stuff they have. Now, if you understand pride, the word pride, how many knows what the center letter is? I. 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 It's not about you. When God develops in your life, the best way to develop Christian character is to ask God to make you humble. The humble inherit the things of God. When you're humble. Moses, the Bible says, was the meekest man on the earth. And I think I know why, because he had to deal with 3, 3 million Jews. I can't deal with 300. <coughs> but one of the worst things, to get back to that, is when a pastor tells somebody something. Okay, somebody comes and asks me a question. And then I said, now I'm not... You have to explain it because some people get upset. Well, that pastor told me what to do. No. <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do. I'm instructing you what to do. It's a difference. So if I instruct you in righteousness, then I'm leaving the choice up to you. You make the right choice or the wrong choice, and you can't come back and blame me. One person told me one time, Pastor! I want you to pray that I get a woman in my life. I want a woman. Okay, you want a woman. What kind of woman? <laughs> just, a, yeah. just a woman. You, you want her to be an alcoholic woman? You want her to be a bank robber woman? What? You said a woman. Identify what kind of woman. You want a woman that will love you? A woman that will be faithful? What kind? See, we need to speak. Speak what you want God to give you. And I had to laugh because after we prayed, I said, okay, now I'm going to pray. First of all, you need to have, because the Bible says not to be unequally yoked together. 
You need to have a woman that loves God. If you love God, you need a woman that loves God. A woman that will go to church with you. A woman that will believe like you believe. Now it can be vice versa. It can be a man. But in this incident, it was a woman. And my wife and I both laughed. After we had prayer, I think it was only a month, a month went by. They went and bought a, uh, they wanted to ride bicycle, okay? And they went and bought, they went to one of these yard sales and they saw a bike carrier. And they hooked it on their vehicle. And it was for two bikes. I thought, oh, they're exercising their faith. They want a woman. They want to ride bike. Hello, how many's getting a picture here? So you have a bike carrier with two bikes, you're gonna buy a bike for your woman. So that you can both ride a bike. They took a hacksaw and they cut the one carrier off. <laughs> this actually happened, I'm not telling you. This is a true story. They took a hacksaw and they told me, they said they cut the one. I said, excuse me. I said, what did we just pray about a month ago? It was roughly a month. I said, you remember what your prayer was? Yeah, I'll get a woman. I said, you want to ride bike? I said, how are you going to take her bike riding if you bought something to carry two bikes and you cut the one off? And they looked at me like, duh. Your faith without works. Now the faith in works was to buy the character, the, the carrier that would carry two bikes. That, like, hello, that would make sense. But then to turn around and kill your faith by cutting the one off. I'm like, really? But see, that's how people do when you walk in the flesh. You can walk in the flesh and you can walk in the spirit. I taught on that one time and somebody reprimanded me. They didn't like that. They said, I'm not in the Lord and out of the Lord. I said, I, I didn't say that. You're not listening to what I'm teaching. When you're born again, you're born again. Okay? The only way you're not born again is if you choose to forfeit that. How many knows you can be married and not married? You can be living in the same house, but your heart's not married. You can eat at the same table, sleep in the same bed. But your heart's not married. Just going through the motion. You need to correct that. You need to get rid of that emotion. You need to give that to the Lord. And you need to ask the Lord to work on it. Because only the Lord can change that. You cannot change that. That should be your number one prayer. Lord, you need to change it. Now some of you were not taught this. So I'm not, I'm not browbeating anybody. Some of you have been through divorce or, or other things. Because you've never been taught. And some, some marriages were not ordained by God. So how many understand that? Some people get married. Now they're, they're gracious and they live, in that, they live in that state. But they live, if they don't know how to seek God, they'll live miserable because they fight all the time. And they live in that situation because it was not ordained or meant by God. How many can give me an amen? Amen. So you have to know. Now, you have to know which category or which situation you're in 
And you need to trust God. Begin to work on that and trust God for that. Now, when Sister Judy and I, and God was telling us to move, when an apostle, an apostle is a church builder, they start churches. The apostle said to me about being a house church, and I said no. And when we filled the church and we were going to move, okay, that stirs up the enemy. You got it? It's not a cakewalk. Hello? It's not a cakewalk. <clears throat> Being a Christian is not a cakewalk. Everybody thinks it's, woo, flowers. And, no, goosebumps. And, no, you stir up the enemy. So you've got to be faith-built. Your faith, and that's what I'm doing today. I'm teaching you faith today to understand. In case you wonder why I'm sitting on a chair. Jesus sat down when he taught the crowds. How many knows that's in the Bible? Mm -hmm. He sat down and taught the multitudes. So the people pay attention and listen. How many is learning anything? Mm -hmm. Are you learning one thing, two things, just one thing? If you learn one thing, that's all matters. Now, I never said it was easy. Did I? Did you hear me teach today and say it's easy? No. People come to me, Pastor, all the time, Pastor, that's not easy. Pastor, that's not easy. Pastor, it's not easy. Pastor, I, I didn't say it was. But it's not in your ability. You need to surrender yourself in humility to God. And then you've got to ask God the Father, God the Holy Spirit to come upon you and lead you and guide you, and He will do that. And He'll turn the situation around. That's 